Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Welcome to Dave, the world according to David. Won't you come on in? They're just filtering in like crazy. Crazy. Ah, I see a lot of happy people, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of familiar names. That's awesome. So while we're waiting for people to fill in, uh, I guess a welcome to Killer Influence, Secrets of Social Seduction. My name is David Snyder, and uh, first and foremost, because sometimes we forget, I'd like to, to give a special thank you to our tech crew in the background, uh, the architects of this the, uh, amazing webinar, uh, Brandon Burr and uh, his uh, amazing assistants, Spencer and Henry Krause out there. They're in the background making sure that your webinar experience is as smooth and as enjoyable as humanly possible. And I don't look like a complete moron. So that being said, I have a question for you before we get into uh, standard operating procedure and some of the, the housekeeping for today. Y'all had something in mind that you wanted to learn when you, when you logged into the webinar today. Now, some of you know this, especially if you've been to some of my live trainings and some of you don't, but uh, I do play favorites. And what I mean by that is um, the people who come to my live events, and I think this would kind of sort of count because it's interactive, get the best stuff. And so while I always put out information about what I may be teaching in a training or in a video or things like that, once the people are in the room and the doors are closed to speak, that's when the juicy stuff comes out. That's when I look around and I say to everyone, what do you really want to learn today? So what I'd like you to do, if you would, for just uh, take a minute or two, type in the top two or three things that if you got nothing else out of this webinar, it would be like the best experience ever, right? Just type two or three sentences. And so I know where to direct what we do today because I have a whole, a whole thing planned out. But if it's not where you guys want to go, then I want to make sure you come out of here feeling like you got the most awesome webinar ever. Okay. Elijah can testify that it's true. Rapport, rapport, stacking realities. Okay. Robert, I am here to learn. God, I hope so. Someone asked about astrology. I'll, I'll leave it up to Brandon or somebody who has a uh, faster eyesight than I do to kind of collate these things and see what are the most prevalent, uh, Things coming up. Someone asked about eliciting values. Very good. Yes, astrology. I have no clue about astrology, but I'll make something up and it'll sound really good. Um, rapport. Okay. Power phrases to use. Okay. Cool. All righty. This is good. Okay, so let me just jump in and let me tell you kind of what I have planned today. And uh, you're going to find out that uh, most of what you're asking will fall into one of three areas that I've discovered. Okay, it's either generalized persuasion. In other words, getting people to do what you want them to do. That's pretty much the sum total of everything that uh, that we're here about. Um, let me give you a little bit about where I started from with this stuff, because like many of you, uh, most of the, and I'll, I'll be upfront with this. I didn't, most of the things I'm going to be teaching you guys in this webinar today, and I intend to, to give you as much as humanly possible in the time that we have without like having you guys have your brains dribble out your ears and stuff like that. Having you, um, but one thing before I get into any further, Brand, have a, have a little bit of an echo. Is there anything we could do? To the thing? Sending energy to someone, same mutus music, I seem to be alone. Hmm. Cortisol empathy. I have no idea what that means. Sounds good here. All right. So many years ago, I'm going to start with this. I was not the, the shining specimen of conversational linguistic mastery you see today. I was pretty much the the, the runt of the litter. If, if, if by runt, I meant, you mean uh, I was about no. Most 200 pounds. I had bad hygiene. Uh, I was picked on by pretty much everybody in my neighborhood. And uh, 
a lot of things happened to me that that at the beginning I was a bullied kid. I, I mean, I had a lot of stuff that I came over. Now, I could have had it a lot worse. I don't get me wrong, but the things that I went through were pretty traumatic for me, and I didn't have a lot of social skills. I didn't have a lot of um, over of good experiences trusting people. I didn't have have a lot of pe- of experiences. Um, in fact, I had a lot of experiences where uh, people just took advantage of me. And uh, between the bullying and the lying and the desperate need to be uh, accepted, which is uh, people asked about the reptile, that need to be accepted, massive, massive driver to most people's behavior. And anytime you can touch on it, uh, people will make a beeline for what you want them to do if you if you phrase it in the right way. And I'm going to teach you exactly how to phrase those things later on in the webinar. But I want to give you a little bit about where I come from so you understand my driver. I am not an altruist. I know it, I come across that way uh, in a lot of my videos. Uh, I'm a firm believer in enlightened selfishness. Turn off my computer audio. How do I do that? Do I just um, like that? Oh, hey, I don't have an echo anymore. Coolness. Um, and I had a I had a bunch of a, I'll tell you some stories throughout throughout. Uh, the course of the webinar, but I, I want to keep on point as much as I can. As many of you know, when I, t- when I, when I talk, I tend to chase a lot of squirrels. I try to close as many loops as I open, but, um, but I try to kind of, kind of circle back and, and tie it all together for you. Most of the skills that you're going to learn, I'm, I'm not an altruist. I, I just, I know a lot of people buy into that, but um, I believe in, I get back what I give. So I, I give as much as humanly possible. Uh, more, much more so than probably um, uh, is good for me by some of my pe- by some of my peers would say, but I don't care because I learned a long time ago that, that you, in order to receive from the universe, you have to give to the universe, and you are my universe. You're the you're, my, you're the reason I'm here. But I have to I have to start off by saying the things I, I I am teaching you I did not create for you. I created them for me because time after time, year after year, I would run into one brick wall after another, and I'm not somebody who quits. Uh, I'm somebody who, if, if something it gets in my way, I will find a way over, around, through, underneath. I will, I will just keep studying and researching uh, until I find a way to it, and I will constantly be honing that. And so what you're getting in this webinar, for me at least, is the world according to David. Now, many of the things that I'll be teaching you, you may have heard from other teachers, and that's cool. You may hear a slight differently, slightly different spin on it. Everything I'm going to share with you in this webinar is real-world proven. That's why we call it real-world hypnosis and NLP power. My life has been a continual search for personal improvement and empowerment. And power, in, when I, in my perspective, in my terminology, is really um, the ability to get something done, the ability to make a change. So today... Because of the things I discovered, the places I've been, the tragedies and the traumas I've endured, uh, I stand up here in this webinar. Uh, very honored, first of all, to have so many of you with me. This is this is a historic moment for me because I've never done a webinar. I've been on other people's webinars, but I've never done one. I never hosted one. And to have so many of you come out, you know, and and support this, I, I'm really grateful. And as most of you know who've been to my live trainings, uh, I give as much as I can. Uh, to the people who show that they deserve it, and that's you. So congratulations to you for coming out. Let's talk about some of the things that I'm gonna, I want to talk to you about today. Um, first and foremost, I have six major areas that I would like to, uh, to touch on, if I may. Um, but are you in the right place? If you've ever been in a situation where you've been bypassed for a promotion, overlooked by someone you wanted to like you more, if you've, you know, um, found yourself dating the same person with a different face over and over and over again. If the same circumstances and situations just keep showing up, then you're in the right place. Okay. This talk is going to teach you some things that you've probably heard in a lot of my webinars in the past. The difference is I'm aiming it directly at you. It's not an audience that you're just kind of peeping into. You're going to have a chance to ask me questions. You're going to have a chance to if we have time and if people want to get to do a couple of hot seats with me, if we have time, uh, we'll even do some, some house cleaning. I'll teach you how to clean up your shit this, in, in this webinar. Uh, I'm getting some, uh, some, are, are people having trouble hearing us or are we still, are we still losing our audio? What's going on? Anything going on there? 
Okay, so Grant is handling that. Okay, so there are six basic areas that I'm going to cover. These are six bullet points. If you're taking notes, um, write these things down because um, sometimes I chase squirrels. So the first thing I want to talk, I'm going to talk about six basic components this uh, today, and they're not small. And and the truth is, if 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 this beyond the scope of my arms is the 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 scope of what we can talk about today we have time for about this much so my commitment to you is i will take you as far as i can in the time that i have and i will show you what to do next and where to go for more if that's what you'd like to do is that fair if it if you think that's fair if you think that's okay uh type yes or go for it in the in the in the chat for me Oh, lovely. I like you already. Okay, so we're going to do this a little bit more structured than my meetup, but we're going to carry a lot of my, my, my same meetup. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. Wow. I feel so pretty. All right, so here's the first thing. This means I know the answer. Obviously, Anthony, you can't, uh, you can't raise your hand. Can you raise your hand in the chat? I don't know. All right? You know what means? This means I know the answer. This means I don't. This means, oh, shit, I hope he doesn't ask me to do that. All right? <laughs> All right. If profanity, colorful metaphors, in um, uh, strange and weird language offends you, not the right place for you guys. <laughs> right? Um, I'm a guy who tells it like it is, and and that's cool. All right. So let me see. What else do, color do I need to talk about? If you haven't gotten yourself a hot drink, if at some point we give you a break, go get one and hold it. Right? If you haven't brought your chocolate, from now on, standard operating procedure, when we do a webinar, you got to have coffee and chocolate. All right? And if you're diabetic, get diabetic chocolate. I don't care. But we got to flood you with oxytocin. Oh, he's making croissant with coffee. I love it. <laughs> you guys rock. Thank you so much. Okay, the first thing we're going to talk about today is the, the driver behind all human behavior. Because everybody's here because of something you want. True or not true? You all want something. It's probably more than one thing. And that's what we talk about. And the, and the secret to that, I want you to apply all of that to what I'm going to be teaching you and, and where to go next. The, fee, the driver behind every form of human behavior is feelings. All right. And I make it real simple in the meetups, and I'm going to make it even simpler for you here. There's only two kinds of feelings we got, really, if you think about it. There's feelings we want more of, and there's feelings we want a whole lot fucking less of. And all of our behavior is built around that idea built around that idea. So the question is, well, okay, so if all behavior is based around feelings, what the hell do we do about that? Well, the first thing to understand is that human beings have a checklist, a checklist for every single thing that they do, the end result of which is a feeling. Now, when we start managing and, and working with feelings, feelings are, by the way, the most hypnotic process we have. A lot of people say it's language. Well, yes and no. Because it's the it's the state created by the feeling that is that the language triggers. So everything we do is a feeling state. Even though we get there through a visual, we get there through an auditory, we get there through a smell or a taste. The feelings are the state, and this is important. Whether you're coming at it from a to, to learn this from a purely influence perspective, or from a law of attraction perspective, which I teach a lot of. I, I mean, a lot of some of you guys have been in some of my advanced energetic classes where we told, we show you how to take the stuff from the, the hardcore street level persuasion and influence world and bridge it into that quantum non-local phenomenon generating mechanism we call the human nervous system. It's really cool, but there's a progression and a body development that has to go into that. And so that's why a lot of the classes that you'll see me teach have prerequisites. Like when we talk about vibrational influence or things like that, you can't get into that class unless you've been through either uh, killer influence or um, real world hypnosis. The reason is, is because there are certain key modules in those courses that are foundational to the vibrational influence class. And you have to have a certain level of skill set to be able to do that. It's going to go back to state control. You're going to generate feelings in people. One of two very straight. They're not mutually exclusive. There's two ways you're going to generate feelings in people. One is through your own state, your own state, your ability to enter and exit a feeling state as an act of will. Now, some people were asking about rapport. Rapport is a subset of state control. When I was creating the AI system, which we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to give you an overview in a minute of, of the, the key areas I want to talk about or, and go deep dish into one or two of them. Uh, when I was trying to put together my personal system after I realized I had a system 
for what I did and how I did these things. Um, and I'll give you what some, what some of those are in a minute. I know I'm, I'm opening a lot of loops and I apologize. I'm just too excited today. My state control needs to be changed a little bit. Um, changed a little bit. I was trying, I was in a little bit of a quandary because I was trying to say, well, state control and rapport, they're so important. They're so almost, almost the same, but not quite. And I, when I was looking at the hierarchy of what has to come first, because we need a process, we need a procedure. A lot of people who want to learn how to use influence, how to be persuasive and charismatic, they're looking for magic words. They're looking for scripts. I'm here to tell you that the most powerful influence you can exert is through your state. In fact, most some of my students who are on this call will tell you, once you got the state control down, you could literally recite Mary had a little lamb and get 80% of your outcome getting them getting the person you're speaking to or, or communicating with moving towards the direction of what you want them to do it's really cool but it's 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 kind of esoteric uh but it takes some training we have the drills for that uh, but it's one of the things you'll almost never see me teach online you'll see me teach it in some of the courses that we sell but but it's one of the modules that's one of the modules that i keep very very no pun intended very vest be persuade um it's one of those ones that really drives the power of your language, it gives you amplitude to the signal. So two ways, there's two ways that we can start to influence the feeling states of those around us. It starts with us. The more, the more we can enter and exit any feeling state on demand and have that feeling transmit and convey through a, a person's proprioceptive nervous system or um, their mirror neurons, to another human being, the more their system becomes primed to filter reality in a way that's conducive to our outcome. I mean, it's impossible to get caught, um, and it's completely ethical. It's completely honest. So when we talk about feelings, we have to really start to think about feelings in a different way. We need to start looking at feelings as the primary reason we do everything. All forms of human behavior uh, are based on this idea of feelings. They're either feelings we want. We generate behaviors to get more of those feelings, or we generate feelings to get more, more blah, 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 blah. feelings to get away from those be, or those things. How do you control your feelings better than without just lying to yourself? Well, first of all, we don't lie to ourselves. We have to understand what our feelings actually are. Our feelings are a navigation system. They're a system. They're a, they're a, a navigation system that allows us to understand what vibrational mode we're in. The, we we think that we're at the mercy of our feelings. That's actually not true. Uh, it's at, it, it's true for people who haven't been trained. And when I say trained, that's the vast majority of people. We're taught to try and control our states through acts of will. Not the best way to do that. Uh, your willpower is like the junk food of the mind. It's the first to check out. It's a finite resource. But your state, your 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 physical body posture. The breathing pattern. You've seen me talk about this. These are the things, and you can test it over and over and over again. You put someone in a highly emotionally charged state, uh, and you have them try to exert control over themselves as an act of will. It's very hard, and they're gonna they're gonna clock out really quick. The more intense that state comes, but if you can get them to change their posture and breathing, you're gonna find out really really quick that it's much harder to access unresourceful states as long as you remember to hold your posture and your breathing. Systemic is probably the art that. Uh, really emphasizes this more than any other one. Uh, that's why I, I've spent so much time studying it is um, I wouldn't consider, I, I love Sistema, first of all, but and for, and for a hypnotist, I think Sistema is probably one of the better arts to study uh, because of its integration of breath and neuro and neurological functioning. Um, depending on what, what school of Sistema you study, they'll get more esoteric or, or more, or more scientific, but, Everything they're doing in Russian Sistema bridges dramatically into all the change work, all the energy work, all the influence work that I teach. But it gives you a way to develop that state control. But not just a state control where that state is locked within you and you can't do anything else with it but control yourself. It actually allows you to transfer your state to another human being. Uh, and we were doing those exercises long before I started studying Sistema. But when I got into Sistema, everything just exponentiated. So... There's a tremendous amount of stuff behind this, but you don't need to understand all of the things, all the inner workings of it to make it work. And that's an, actually a, a good point while I'm on this. There's a part of you that is going to want to try to cognitively get everything I'm teaching. You're going to want to know the whys, the wherefores. You're going you're to you're want to know how to build the car before you can drive it. And you don't need to do that. 
Okay. And much of what I teach is designed to just get in the car, turn the key and go. You don't need to, to understand all the theories and principles behind why an adverb adjective presupposition works best when it's in front of this, that, or the other thing. You don't need to know why your nervous system processes everything that comes in as true and then decides whether it's true or not later in the process. You don't need to know why that is in order to use it. Does that make sense? So um, first and foremost, feelings. That's the first thing I want to talk. We're going to cover a little bit. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about on my list of things I want to talk about is what I call the secret human passcode to controlling and influencing the minds of and emotions of others. Okay. We're going to talk about the hidden in plain sight backdoor into a person's mind that allows you to hack their thoughts and direct their emotions and instantly create trust, chemistry, and connection pretty much on contact. And that sounds really hypey, but it's more true than not. And when I tell you which technique it is, you're going to laugh. Um, formulas for unstoppable influence. This is kind of one that I don't teach all that often um, because they're usually each one of these. I'm going to, there's three formulas that I, I look at or I teach. Actually, there's a fourth one that I, I'm going to put on here because I saw somebody ask about it um, in the questions and that's stacking realities. We get to that. We'll talk about it. Otherwise I'll, I'll point you at some resources where you can learn more about stacking realities. Stacking realities is just another way of uh, saying pacing and leading, which is NLP jargon. Um, let's see here. So we're going to talk about three formulas for unstoppable influence. The first one is what I call the, the, the critical path of influence or the six phase universal persuasion protocol. The third one, the second one is rather is how to make people like, love, and trust you in as little as 20 minutes. We know that as three magic questions. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to talk about one that I don't teach nearly as often, uh, to the public. Um, as I do the other two. And this is one that allows you to get people who just told you they didn't want to do something to generate a reason for actually wanting to do it and then leveraging that to uh, to get them to move forward. So this is something that if you're working in, in areas like negotiation, mediation, uh, areas like addictions or life coaching or even uh, pretty much anything where somebody tells you, I don't want to do that, right, for whatever reason. Smoke cessation, perfect. This is actually textbook made for smoke cessation. Um, this particular conversational framework will allow you to cause them to resist themselves right into doing what you want them to do. It's kind of what it does. It's, it's sneaky in a very ethical way. Nothing we're going to be teaching you is evil, if that makes any kind of sense. It's actually some of the most ethical, honest, and powerful ways to communicate with a human being. I can't write that down fast enough. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I actually have a uh, some notes that I've got here. If people want, I will clean them up a little bit and I'll post them as a PDF. I don't I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but I'm going to show you uh, where to go for in depth stuff. You know, follow up on this. So those are the things that uh, that and I have two more that I'm going to tell you. I'm going to teach you how to clean up your shit. Shit being a technical term, mind you. Specific, specialized hypnotic influence technologies. I can't, I covered my notes. I can't see what you're writing here. Okay. Okay. And then the last and last and but not least, um, before we go today, I'm going to show you how to take all of this interesting information and turn it into unstoppable persuasion. That's my goal. All right. But remember, if you learn to pay, there's two, when I, when I, when I first, when I launched my first book, my first ebook or e-course back in uh, 2005. It's called Secret Orgasm Tips. Some of you may have have that or have read about it. There was a, a, a chapter in there called How to Make Any Form of Attraction, Seduction, or Pickup Work for You. And it started with pay attention. Pay attention is going to be the single biggest thing you can learn to develop. That attribute will give you the master key to unlock everything else that I teach. Okay. Pay attention. Remember that everything human beings do is in response to a feeling. If you know what you want somebody to do, and the next question you ask is, what do they have to feel in order for them to decide to do that on their own? Because it's the feeling states that create the filters to reality that cause them to process your language in favor of what you want them to do. And in, in, in meetups, I've talked about the emotional refractory period. Um, this is, and when we talk, and when we get, when you get to killer influence, which is the next step beyond basic 
conversational hypnosis that I teach. Uh, we go into the whole field of hypnotic operators where we talk about proxemic hypnotic operators, you know, how to take control of a meeting or a negotiation just by where you sit, you know, at the, um, at the table. How to make someone like you more by standing on their dominant side versus their, their non-dominant side. Uh, how to structure the environment so that people automatically, you psychologically position yourself in the minds of somebody without ever opening your mouth. Things like having you hold a warm drink will cause people to like you more, more the longer they hold that drink. Uh, people will agree with you more. If you give them a heavy clipboard to hold while you're presenting to them, they will agree with you more. If you if you give them a heavy clipboard, not a light one, um, weird, weird physical stuff you can do that changes how people process reality. But these are advanced studies. It all and it's all going to go back to feeling. Once you have feelings, you have the ability to modulate perception. Once you have perception, it's only a short time before you hit belief. It's a feedback loop. OK, so that's kind of what I've got for you to do in terms of what I've got lined up today. Um, so let's see here. Where do I want to start? Let's talk about, um, we talked about feelings a little bit. Let's talk about the human passcode to controlling and influencing the minds of others. Now, if you've got any, how many people here have actually have a background in NLP? Does anybody, if you have one, just type it in the, in the, in the chat box. You don't have to. It's actually, actually, I won't hold your training against you. It, won't, it tends to slow you down a little bit. All right. Very cool. All right. There is a, a process or a, a phenomena that we learned in NLP training. And it was really the, the guy who really brought this out uh, into the business world was a guy by the name of Kenrick Cleveland. Now, you've heard me talk about Kenrick many times before. Um, if there were a god of conversational hypnotic persuasion in my world, uh, it would be Kenrick Cleveland. I, I truly believe he is. He is uh, just the the, the go-to guy for a lot of stuff. I've studied with a lot of great people. I mean, I, and I, I give credit to all of them, even the most notorious ones, even the ones who claim to hate my guts, even the ones who, who post weird things on my YouTube channel, like, next time I see you, I'm going to fart down your throat. Very weird, I know. But hey, that's just the way it is. I love you all, and I thank you all for the things you've taught me. But the one thing that you can always count on is that human beings being things that support their sense of identity. They do things that give them feelings of, that give them positive feelings about themselves. Now in NLP, there's a phenomena or a set of beliefs we call criteria and values. I'll go slower, criteria and values. Now, criteria and values uh, we uh, is it, it, it's uh, I think I teach it in master practitioner. When we talk about logical levels of belief, you have different your your belief systems have a hierarchy to them, and many times when people talk about who they are and what they do, you will hear things like if you ask and we talk about this in three magic questions. When people talk about, um, you ask them what they do for a living. They say I am an accountant or um, I'm a body worker, or I'm an energy healer, or I'm a neuro-linguistic programmer, or I'm a police officer. Anytime you hear something prefaced by a term, I, I am, what you're hearing is an identity statement. And that identity statement means that in that hierarchy of beliefs that you have, and there's about six or seven different levels to it, that belief is almost at the top with transpersonal or spiritual being the highest and then identity being below that. And then you have the values and the criteria and uh, sense of uh, beliefs, capabilities, environment, deservingness. These are all things that the, the further down the, that level of belief that you go, um, the weaker they become in relation to the ones up top. The higher you go, the more you control the things below. And that's why this is important in terms of both feelings and in terms of uh, understanding why people do what they do. Criteria and values... Criteria and values form the building blocks. They're their beliefs. They form the building blocks of your identity. And of, of the functional component to this, and this is functional persuasion. This is not theoretical. This is all functional. And, there's, and because I work in the medical field, I can tell you there's a huge difference between laboratory, academic uh, medicine, and functional medicine. We're here to learn how to get shit done. So I'm here. I'm going to give you the most powerful stuff right off the bat, and that is feelings. And then the fastest way to get them, okay? 
Fastest way to get them is through a process called criteria and values. Criteria and values has three pieces to it. Now, this is a little bit of a different parsing than we might see in a traditional NLP class. Um, and I, I wish I had a way to, to type things in, but um, values and criteria have three components. They have a checklist. The checklist is the most overlooked piece of the criterion values equation. You have a checklist, you have a, a feeling, and a label. So there's a set of parameters that have to be met. When those feelings are, or those parameters are met, a feeling is generated, and we call that feeling X, a label. So let's say, for example, that, uh, and, I, and you've heard me use this in meetups and, and things like that in the past. Let's say that we have two people, and their highest criteria, one of their highest criteria in a relationship, or value in a relationship, is respect, right? You have person A over here, and you ask them, well, how do you know when you're getting respect? How do you know uh, when someone's showing you the respect that you need? And aside from the, is it visual, auditory, kinesthetic, that's really kind of secondary to what we do. Um, and you'll find out why when we get to step three, which is the hidden back door into every person's neurology. You ask them, how do you know when you're being respected? Say, well, I know you respect me when you take my feeling or you take my feelings into consideration and you, you phrase things in such a way that you know won't make me feel bad about myself or hurt my feelings. That's how I know you respect me. Fine. Ask person, uh, person C or person B. How do you know when you're being respected? How do you, how do you, how do you calibrate respect in a relationship? And that person says, well, I know you respect me when you tell me the truth. When you, you know, you don't, you don't mince words. You don't, you don't soft soap it. You don't whitewash it. You just tell me the fucking truth because you know, that's what I need to hear. That's how I know you respect me. Now take it, take, think for a moment. What happens when these two people get in an argument? They're, it's, it's not going to take long before neither one's feeling respected. And they're all accusing the other person of not respecting them. What you've got is a classic rules violation, right? The checklist hasn't been met. They're, they're matching on the value, on the, on the label level and the feeling they get when that label's met. But the problem is the checklist. That checklist is exactly the thing that cooks the rice. Now, you can talk about a person's values and get a huge amount of rapport a huge amount of interest and attention, which is important, by the way. Attention is the currency of relationships. Remember that, whether it's a business relationship, a negotiation, an interpersonal relationship, a familial relationship between you and your children. The currency of relationships is always attention. And to the degree that you neglect that and you don't feed that, is it's going to come back to haunt you. If a child can't get your attention one way, I guarantee it, damn tea, she'll get it or he'll get it another way and vice versa, right? Your spouses are the same way. If they can't get the kind of attention that they need, keyword, they need from you in the way that they recognize that they're getting it, they will act out in all sorts of ways. And this is the crux of a lot of our problems is we have, we match on a labels level. Respect, respect. But on that checklist level, on that checklist level, we're not matching. It's like we talk about fruit, right? Someone says, I want some fruit. So I reach over, I grab an orange, and I hand it to them. And they say, I don't want that. So what do you mean? You said you wanted fruit. No, I want an apple. They go over and they grab an apple. Now I feel better, right? On one level, we're talking about the same thing. But on a functional level, we're talking needs versus wants. These are actually, Jiray, when you talk about needs versus wants, it really doesn't matter at a values level. They're, they're pretty much the same. Um, people's values will either tend to move them towards something they want more of and away from something they want less of or vice versa. It'll move them away from something they want less of and towards something they want more of. Notice I didn't, I, it wasn't an either or thing. When those, when the towards and the away from are together, we have what NLP likes to refer to as a complete propulsion system. It's just a question of which do they pay attention to first? What is the priority that they sort for? And these are the things that you, sh you as an influencer should be paying attention to on a meta level because they're things that are hidden in plain sight. They're ways that people structure and frame their reality 
And it's out in their words. And when you match it, someone asked about stacking realities. This is a subtle form of stacking realities because once you match a person's meta program, they start to think and relax more. They start to feel more understood. They start to communicate more fluidly. Stacking realities, Jay, is where you call attention to things that are sensorily verifiable or cognitively verifiable. I'll give you a little bit of an example later on. And if they can't articulate what specifically they want, they'll know when they get it. Then you ask them another question. This is one I, I credit this with uh, my good friend James Situ. Uh, when they don't, when they can't articulate what they want, ask them, well, "What are you not getting? What are you not getting?" And more often than not, that flips it right around. Right? People are experts on what they don't want. They're experts on what they don't got. But like a lot of times when you're out on a date and you ask your, your wonderful date, which is you should never decide, which is way if you're a man taking a woman out on a date, never, where, where do you want to go tonight, honey? Okay, just pick a place. And if she doesn't like it, she'll tell you, right? What are you not getting allows that person to fill in all the things they're not getting because your neurology is weighted that way. It's adaptive. It's evolutionary. You respond more to the things that aren't being met than the things that are. Okay, it moves the neurology forward. So what you're not getting is a great question. What is it you don't want? The minute you say, what is it you don't want? Oh, they'll tell you. And then you can just flip it and start to work that way. The secret to this, though, if you really want to make it functional, is how to drill down to the emotional level with it, but also using their words, which is phase three, the back door into everybody's neurology. Um, I think I got open looped a little bit with the, the pacing and leading and the, the articulating the stacking realities. Did I answer that question? Type yes, please, so I know. Are you, is this good so far? Are you guys having fun with this? Yeah. Yeah, I get nervous because I'm a, in case you haven't figured it out, I'm a bit of a ham and I'm a whore for feedback. And one of the things that uh, I, I kept – I was telling Brandon about this at the beginning of the – before the webinars. One of the reasons I didn't do webinars for many years is because I can't see you. <laughs> I can't interact, and if I can't take your temperature, I don't know if you're getting it or not. So I'm going to be asking you left and right to just keep doing stuff, and you just keep doing it. You'll be fine because uh, I'm very insecure, and I need all the feedback I can get. Um, so thank you, Oscar. I will keep it up as much as humanly possible. You guys are rocking. I like this. Um, so criterion values. Everything that a human being does has a checklist that is connected and generates a feeling when it's met. When it's met, they have a feeling. They call that feeling X. Now, that feeling could be love. It could be freedom. It could be safety. It could be security. All of that is important. Understand? All of that is important because everything we want is about getting to that feeling. Now, here's the rub. Sorry if this shakes a little bit. I like putting, I like putting my arms up. Um, this is important. Write this down. Tattoo it on the inside of your eyelids because if you understand it, I mean – if you understand it, uh, you can pretty much write your own ticket in just about every aspect of your life. Human beings cannot violate their own values and criteria without experiencing intense emotional pain. Conversely, they cannot have their criteria met without experiencing tremendous pleasure and rapport. And every single thing a human being does has a checklist that allows them to recognize that it's exactly right for them in their world. And they're always projecting it onto the people around them. They're always projecting it onto the people around them. I have taught this one simple idea, this one simple concept over and over again, all over the world. And every time I do, 20, 30, 40, 50% increases in conversions to closing rates, massive conversions in relationships. When I say conversions, I mean people becoming couples, people feeling more satisfied in a relationship. Every single thing a human being does, I'll, I'll get to it in a minute, James. Every single thing a human being does has a checklist. In fact, it was one of the things that caused that, that allowed me uh, in 2005 to uh, to become nominated, I think it was 2005, yeah, as one of the top 10 attraction and seduction experts by Art of Approaching and, and SeductionLayer.com magazine. It was the realization that when it comes to lovemaking, 
to relationships, every human being on the planet has a checklist. And they're projecting that checklist out onto everyone around them. I'll tell you, uh, William, I'll tell you how to, how to determine what is on the checklist in just a moment. It's contextual, but it's actually simple. Okay. We're going to start with what I call, no pun intended, entry level criteria and values. And then we'll show you how to dig down deeper. But if I, if I spend all the time on criteria and values, I may not get to the other four, three or four points. So I'm going to leave it up to you, you know, what you want me to do. Is that okay? Type, type something so I know. Oh, John is, John is already there. Yeah. Human beings cover everything. Okay, John. <laughs> John can say that because he has all of my videos. He's, ha he's, uh, he's one of our Mondo Supremo package members. So he's got access to all the stuff. Okay. Okay. So the next thing is, um, so when you're, when you're drilling down the first layer of criteria and values, the first layer of criterion values is always the order and sequence of the words that come out of their mouth. This is the hidden in plain sight back door into a person's mind that allows you to hack their thoughts and direct their emotions, instantly create trust, chemistry, and connection pretty much on anyone, anytime, anywhere. It's the one I use most often. It's the one I teach most often. And honestly, it's the most powerful. Because you can use it anywhere, anytime, completely ethically, completely honestly. People will feel tremendously understood. They'll feel heard. They will be, they will find you and to be the most fascinating person in their world. If not in the, you know, if not in the world, in the room, in their world. And that's a big, that's a big piece of real estate to hold. And it's an entry point. Now, I don't know what your backgrounds are in, uh, in conversation that knows that you're an NLP, but you, you don't need to know any of that. If you just understand that the uh, human neurology, the human nervous system is designed to search for whatever it projects out into the universe. In other words, if I say, um, um, well, I'll just get really, I'll just get really um, silly about it. If I say Mary had a little lamb and someone looks at me and says, oh, Mary had a little lamb. My neurology will go, oh, he's just like me. And the neurology will just zero in. It'll just pay attention and it'll cleave to the source of that reflection back. We call that the echo technique. It's also the entry level point into the entry level criteria and values because no matter how super, no matter how superficial the languaging is, it's always either more directly or less directly connected to the emotional drivers that are driving their behavior. It's never not true. I, it just, it just isn't. Um, the real, the only real variable is how direct or indirect the connection is. And, and things that are indirect like that, um, they're going to teach you a very kind of invasive, actually, uh, elicitation process to drill down to the emotional level. The problem with a lot of the NLP stuff isn't that it doesn't work. It's that it works a lot. Search. What I mean by that is it's so powerful and it's so, it goes right to the core of things so quickly that it creates a feeling of violation, a feeling of something's being done to me. Something's being done to me. And it creates a term, something we call psychological reactance. Psychological reactance is that unconscious or physical pushback that we get anytime we experience influence being exerted on us that we didn't specifically ask for. Or given to us in a way that is not in harmony with our values and criteria, our checklist specifically. Okay. And there's a lot of traffic going on there. Okay. Um, so let's circle back around to criteria and values. Values criteria and values has three components, the checklist, the most important piece to match, the feeling it generates and the label. Now, you can change a person's checklist, believe it or not, in advanced, advanced conversation, diagnosis, things like that. We'll show you how to change people's values. We'll show you how to change that checklist. The one thing you can't change, though, is the label they use to define it. You can change the parameters that generate the feeling, but you can't change the label. So it's really, really important. Uh, and sometimes our values work for us, and sometimes they don't. Even And some know they give us good feelings. The hierarchy of our values determines 
what's important in our life and in what priority. So if you have a value tree that says that freedom, love, safety, uh, tree that's um, creativity and um, money and in that order, the further down that hierarchy you go, the less money you're likely to make. So if you want to make more money, you've got to move those values up in that hierarchy. If you want more love, then you got to move the love up. Okay, and your values, we think our values are fixed. They aren't. You have a software that runs neurology. In another training, we'll talk about that. But a person can't violate those values without experiencing emotional pain. They can't talk about having those values met without experiencing rapport and connection. The fastest way to get to them directly or indirectly, no matter how, whether you know this person for 10 seconds or 10 years, use their words. The exact words that came out of their mouth are a key to lock fit to their to all the filters in their nervous system. And the more you use it, the more they like you. The more, especially if you use it congruently and sincerely. And that's what I'm saying. This is not this shouldn't this isn't a trick that you want to just play on people. You want to use their words every time. And I think I wrote down on my on my notes here um, in a little bit more scientific y way to think about it. Um, the human neurology does not resist its own verbal syntax. And that the words that its own come out of a person's mouth are a literal code that unlocks their whole neurology. Use their words, use their words, use their words, use their words. When you're doing things like conversational reframes, which we're not going to talk about uh, in this class or in this class, in other classes, we'll talk about sleight of mouth, conversational belief changes, things like that. If you use their words first, and then do the reframe, they have far less, they are far more likely to go along with it than if you just say, oh, well, this means Y. So what you're really saying is X. Okay. It's a way of softening and lubricating the change, the change weapon. It's a, these are weapons of influence, but they're tools. Weapons are just tools, tools of influence. You want to change someone's belief, you have to bypass resistance. You have to create within them an environment that wants to accept the change. Right, and that's going to go back to feelings. So you're modulating feelings that way. Use their words to form a building of rapport. Yes, very much so. In fact, some of the best marketing materials that I've ever seen or created were word-for-word restatements of actual questions, verbatim questions I got from people who, who emailed me or wrote to me. I cannot stress that. I'm, and I don't believe me. Don't believe me. Go out, hear some of the words back to them, and notice what happens. You'll see them light up like a Christmas tree. Okay, so that's echo technique, and this is the one that we'll put it all together towards the end. Um, let's talk about uh, formulas for unstoppable influence. Now, I have three that I've written here, plus the stacking realities formula. So we're going to talk about um, formulas for unstoppable influence, and uh, this is what I call the critical path of influence. This is what there's there's six discrete stages. The, the center of this persuasion is criterion values. So everything that I'm about to, to teach you and about to share with you, you follow literally towards their criterion values. Yeah, thanks. So yeah, maybe some of you can, if we can, the mic makes later on, we'll have some of you kind of give field reports about how you use this stuff. What about people that talk other languages than English? It doesn't matter. If, if the words come out of their mouth, it has been vouched and vetted by every level of their neurology, and therefore it will have the same effect. The only difference will be lag, because every time you, you speak to somebody in, uh, in a different language, they have to repeat what you just said, translate it, and then create the response. So there will be a lag to it, but it will still have the same effect. It will just happen a little bit slower. How, would you, how is it you speak it nearly identically? Right? Well, it's, it's, it's exactly like that. A lot of times, use their exact words. What's terrible, John? You're screwing me up here. You're like very active on these chats, you social butterfly. You. Um, what about people trying to hide something? It'll still work. Uh, the difference will be is that the longer they continue to talk, the more into rapport with you they'll come. As they become deeper and deeper into rapport, they'll find it progressively harder to lie. This is actually one of the side effects when you use the three magic questions protocol, which is the the the, the formula we're going to follow. Does it sound like a parrot? No, not at all. 
if you do it right, if you do it congruently, right? Remember, this isn't a technique or a trick that we're playing. Okay. Um, I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm getting the, the, uh, <laughs> I'm getting the prompt, the prompt to stay on script. All right. Um, let's talk about these formulas for you. The first one is called this, the, the universal persuasion protocol, the critical path of influence, six stages. First one, write this down, state control, control your state. Next thing you want to do, get rapport. Step three, use your language, whatever languaging technique you know, if all you know is echo technique and three magic or three magic questions, that's what you use. If all you know is stacking reality, that's what you use. But the fastest, most easiest way to move seamlessly through the persuasion process is to echo, to use their exact words the way they use them as often as possible. Okay. And you don't have to use every single word. Uh, it means use as much of their words as you can where it fits. And what you'll discover, and I've done, I've, I've demonstrated this on many, 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 many videos. So you can go to YouTube and you can watch them. And you can watch me do it right with the audience over and over again. Um, we'll get to three magic questions, Oscar. I promise. It's next. But we want to finish this particular algorithm. It's a persuasion algorithm. It's a formula that you follow. See, one of the problems that we have in things like Ericksonian hypnosis or NLP or a lot of sales training is they're teaching you all of these thousands or no, not thousands, but hundreds of techniques. But they're not giving you which one to use when. And that is why a lot of people who learn things like NLP, who learn things like Milton Ericksonian hypnosis or derivatives can't actually use this stuff out in the field. They don't know where to start and what to do next. So I'm giving you the universal persuasion protocol. Once you get really good at this, you can eliminate half of the steps and you'll still close 80 to 90% of the situations that you're in. And when I say close, I mean, get your outcome, get what it is you came for. Okay, so control your state, get rapport, use your language, manage their state. You use the first three steps of the persuasion formula to manage the state they're in. You create within them an environment that is conducive to filtering and um, processing your message in the way that's right and appropriate to your getting your outcome. But you want to find out what they want too. And that's why criterion values is important. This is never a win-lose situation. We're always trying to find out what people want, know how they know that they're getting it, and then keep them connected to the aspect of us, relationship, product, or service that fully satisfies that checklist. So everything is about getting the person you're speaking to the best experience possible for them. Because in the process of doing that, you're going to get what you want. I tell people in Killer Influence and uh, even in Rapid Attraction Secrets, move through the world making everyone around you feel ridiculously good, and people will just give you stuff. I mean, literally, people will just give you stuff because it feels good to have you around. Uh, and you'll find you'll never have to look over your shoulder. You'll never have to worry about who's going to stab you in the back, um, who's looking for payback. Because using criteria and values, guys, it is very, very possible to uh, to get people to do things that are not in their best interests. And so, you know, you take responsibility. This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. Uh, and I have used it literally, literally. This thing paid my entire, paid for my entire undergraduate education. Literally, I went through my entire undergraduate education. I got a, a degree in business management on writing scholarships. I was the only work study with his own office. I was hired by both my, my undergraduate college and my graduate school as a recruiter for the school. Uh, I was nominated to uh, National Honor Society. I graduated with honors I didn't apply for. When I talk about how powerful this stuff is, I'm telling you exactly what it can do, and it even gets crazier. Um, not to mention what we were able to do with the relationship field. Um, criterion values, echo technique. The six-stage protocol is, is what cooks the rice. So remember, control your state, get rapport, use your language, use, it, use those three steps to manage the, the target's emotional state. If necessary, jump into their process. When I mean process, what is the exact series of steps that they do when they go about successfully doing what you want them just to do?
This is where stacking realities would come in, if you, for those of you who know what that means. I don't spend a lot of time on that particular phase anymore because Echo Technique usually takes care of it automatically. How did I manage my clients by controlling their state? By controlling mine and finding out what they really wanted and showing them how to uh, dissociate or disidentify from the state, go to a meta state, change the, the coding system by which they were creating that state and show them they had control over it. That's how I did it. Uh, getting back to the last part, and it's the last part you already know. I began with that criteria and values. Once you have them in the state that is conducive to where you want them to go, and you've jumped into their process, everything gets targeted on their criteria and values. Right now, again, if I had, I don't. We don't have the the screen sharing capability up yet. Otherwise, I have a whole target diagram that I would show you that I could explain in detail for how this algorithm works. My point, though, is no matter what situation you're in, from the classroom to the treatment room to the boardroom to the bedroom, I don't care if you're a mediator, hostage negotiator. I don't care if you're out there trying to find Mr. or Mrs. right now or Mr. or Mrs. right. I don't care if you're a life coach, NLP trainer. If you want to be able to exert the maximum amount of influence to the most amount of people, leveraged in a clean, easy way that you just do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. That is it right there. You can use it anywhere, anytime, for any reason. I have not found a situation in any, um, in any circumstance where this didn't work. Okay. Um, we're coming up on five. We started at four 30, right? So we're actually a little bit over, we're running a little bit over. Um, so let's do this. Um, you see what I want to do here. All right. Well, we, we, um, all right. I, I have time for two more things um, before I get into where I want to go. So I'm going to give you guys a choice. Do you guys want to focus on um, three magic questions, resistance removal, or cleaning up your shit? What do you think? Where, where do you want to go with that? Show me what you got. Um, oh, I see where we're going. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Very cool. All right. So first and foremost, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go into resistance removal. I'm going to teach, I'm gonna, and I'm going to cover the last bullet, which is um, how to go from interesting information to irresistible persuasion. And then for those of you who want to stick around, um, we'll come back and we'll clean up. We'll do some cleaning up. Is that fair? Cool. All right. So let's go. Let's jump in. Remember something. Remember I talked about NLP is extremely powerful. Is uh, and that's one of the problems is it's too powerful. When people experience persuasion, any influence at persuasion that they didn't ask for, whether it's physical, someone pushing you or somebody saying, hey, you ought to do this. We automatically go into what I call the fuck you factor. The fuck you factor is that instinctive say, I don't want to do it because somebody told me to do it. I don't want to go here because somebody's pushing me, even if it's something I know would help me. You've all had this experience, right? You somebody, right? They acknowledge it, thank you for it, and then fucking ignore you anyway. Welcome to the wonderful world of psychological reactants, right? That's your wife. <laughs> I, have some, I have some really cool fixes for that. Um, in, the, in some of this, in, in the thing I'm going to talk about in a minute, um, you're going to find some really cool master keys for really smoothing out your relationships. Is she the fuck you factor? Many times she is, right? Uh, fucking run into this so many times. Yeah, this is one of the reasons is because they didn't ask for the influence. They didn't ask you for it. See, one of the problems, and this is a sidebar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brandy. I'm driving him nuts because I'm doing all these little scroll chasing things. But one of the things you guys got to understand is there's a dramatic difference the way males process and troubleshoot their, their problems and women deal with them. Okay. And from a man's perspective, the problem with men is that we're really simple. And the problem with men for women is that we're really simple. <laughs> and that doesn't equate in the world. Men, women are very complex creatures. They're awesome creatures, um, but they process reality differently. Um, and again, I, I don't, there's so much I want to talk to you guys about. If I wish I could just download it all into your freaking heads. I really do. Um, 
one thing you want to get is that when you could, guys, when you come home from work and the first thing out of your, your, your lover's head or your wife's head is all the problems she had today, you might have had this experience. She, she outlines all the shit she had to deal with today. And then the first thing you do is, well, did you do this? Did you do that? You should have done that. Maybe you did this. What, how about we do this? And she gets all pissed off at you. Right? Anybody ever have that? Okay. You know why? You insulted her intelligence. You didn't get it. You might have heard that too, right? <laughs> G-Ray, three ex-wives. <laughs> you need this, brother. You got to understand something. When, when you come home, two things. Uh, when a woman gets stressed out, she gets really, really nitpicky. That's a neurological phenomenon. Not a, it's not a gender. It's a gender thing, but it's based on neural, neural research. When men get uh, tense, they get more global. They get just cut to the fucking bottom line. Don't give me the details. Just get to the point. Thank you for listening to the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer. 